The Kurdish people continue to be assailed on multiple fronts by various enemies, with Turkey escalating its attacks on Kurdish communities in northern Iraq, while simultaneously maintaining its occupation of Kurdish areas in the north of Syria. Ozer Koskin joins us now from the Kurdish Association of Western Australia. Ozer is also a member of the Kurdish National Congress in Brussels. Ozer, thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you. Thanks for your invite, and it's my pleasure uh, to be at this stage and um, talk about the current circumstances in um, in Kurdistan. Now, let's start with Turkey's recent bombing of the Makmul refugee camp and Sinjar district in northern Iraq. Uh, listeners may be familiar with uh, Sinjar, which, of course, is the part of northern Iraq where Yazidi Kurds were horrifically attacked by ISIL or Daesh a number of years ago, and they're now coming to attack from Turkish forces. In northern Iraq, how extensive were the casualties from the recent Turkish bombings, and why has so little attention been paid to these attacks by the Western media and the so-called international community? Well, um, to start with, let's talk about Mahmur Kamp. What is Mahmur Kamp and where is it located? Mahmur Kamp is located in the northern Iraq and Kurdish regional um, area. And it is, uh, Mahmur Kamp was designed by the um, United Nations in um, mid-1990s. The civilians of Mahmur Kamps are the people that have been uh, fled from um, Turkey, Kurdistan, and after the oppression from the Turkey's government, Turkish uh, military in early 1990s. So their village has been burnt down. They have been forced to leave the city. So they went to um, those people, they went to Mahmur Kamp, which was closer. Uh, for them to to go, so they choose to go there. And this um, camp was built by U- uh, United Nations, and there are people, and there are uh, witnesses, and um, the U- U- United Nations authorities are still there. And going back to Sinjar, um, uh, where Sinjar is, Sinjar is a um, is a place, the mountain where the Yazidi Kurds are living at the moment. And uh, who are the Yazidis? The Yazidis are the um, are, are Kurdish people, but they are, in fact, they are known as Yazidi belief, which is one of the ancient religion who are uh, ancient religious people in Kurdistan. So these two places in um, have been targeted, uh, particularly by Turkey, but Sinjar and Yazidi people have been targeted back in ISIS um, attack in, uh, in 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 Iraq. So they have been, um, uh, Sinjar has not only the first attack that they had, they had many attacks, but particularly we remember them in, against the ISIS. So they are, um, they have uh, been treated, uh, they fought against ISIS, and then um, Sinjar is actually liberated and is ruled by um, Yazidi people. So the Kurds uh, are armed, the group and defending group of those um uh, Sinjar Mountain is the Yazidi people by itself, so there is no other uh, uh, group of people are actually defending them. They actually, from now on, they actually um, uh, arm themselves and defend themselves from many other attacks. And moving now to the situation in northern Syria, Rahava has in recent years become a symbol of hope throughout the world, certainly among left-wing activists, particularly anarchists, who have seen it as an example 
of a grand experiment in alternative forms of democracy and social organising. Despite conditions of privation and civil war, an autonomous government was established there by the local Kurdish community. Explain to us what's happened in the area since the Turkish invasion and occupation. The Rojava revolution has designed a self-autonomous and equal rights state between men and women. So they have equal rights and they have equal amount of um, structure that uh, Rojava has. Uh, going back to what is Rojava revolution, Rojava revolution is that they fought against the, the, when they were attacked by uh, ISIS and all the Syrian regime um, army soldiers, they have left the place. So Kurds have defended themselves against the ISIS and they fought against the ISIS and they liberated their own land against fighting against ISIS. So going back to who who actually were there, it's all the international international, um, left and revolutionist fighters went there and actually fought for the Kurdish people and then help them to defend themselves against the ISIS. And since the invasion happened in recently, where uh, Turkey has uh, invaded free spot, they have um, systematically moved in, in a place and where they kicked all the Kurdish people out, basically, and bring either bring their own troops in. At the moment, Turkey is building their own army bases there, so they could remain there, and there will be a and no place for the Kurdish civilians actually to live in the area. If you look at the Rojava border and Turkey border, it's very fine line. So basically, a village has been divided into two borders, one side and the other side. So if you're from Rojava side or if you're from Turkey side, you could actually see the villages. And and back in the days, maybe 50, 60 years ago, before there was no border, two families had been separated due to that border. So that it's fairly close. So Turkey obviously doesn't want that to be very close to them. So all the places that have been invaded by Turkey currently is under contracting contractions where the Turkish um, army is building um, military spaces there so they could remain there forever. And then they're trying to make that alongside that um, corridor. Uh, where there are no civilians to live there. Earlier this month, the organisation Women Defend Rojava issued a report, Women Under Turkish Occupation, Femicide and Gender-Based Violence as Systematic Practice of the Turkish Occupation in Afrin, detailing the crimes of Turkish forces against the civilian population in the Afrin district of northern Syria, crimes committed with the full blessing of the United States and other Western nations, it must be added. The report detailed cases of abduction, rape and murder. Why are these crimes, uh, Ozer, not being exposed, let alone punished? And what would be the appropriate response from the United Nations and other international agencies to these crimes? Well, um, there are enough evidence that what Turkey is currently doing. At the moment, Afrin is very close to the Mediterranean Sea of Kurdistan part. And another thing that, that we, if you look at it, that how Afrin was invaded, Afrin was a city, basically, that has accepted refugees from Syria, Idlib, and all around the Syria, Damascus, where they have hosted almost 400,000 refugees and were helping them to live in basic living life. 
So Afrin was very self-autonomous, and it was one of the um, it was one of the uh, most stable canton among Kobani or Kamishlo. But Turkey has attacked them with the, um, obviously Turkey just didn't attack them. It was the military, um, the airspace was controlled by Russia with the acceptance of, uh, with the allowance of Russia's uh, uh, permission, Turkey has invaded Afrin. By doing so, when they did that, um, they actually criminalized everybody and with a war crime thing, as you mentioned, abduction and rape, so that the Kurdish people will eventually move away from there and there can be a refugee around the world. So we have so many refugees that actually, like Rojava refugees in Australia currently living, and as a community we are helping them, but they actually come from Afrin mainly due to the recent uh, invasion. What has happened, uh, not only the invasion, but all these criminal war crimes happening in uh, by Turkey or a jihadist group, so that all the Kurdish people can leave Afrin and their democratic system of Afrin can be swapped from Kurdish descent to other um, descent. Now, a little-known aspect of Turkey's continuing oppression of the Kurdish people is their reliance on jihadist terrorists to carry out crimes on their behalf. Talk to us about the hypocrisy of the government of Tayyip Erdogan, which claims on the one hand to be mounting an anti-terrorist campaign, and yet on the other it consistently uses terrorist methods and indeed has built an alliance with Salafist terrorists throughout the region. Well, exactly. That's, that's, uh, that's another thing to consider, that um, Erdogan is, 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 is building its own Salafi group as Brotherhood or ISIS and all that to give them enough power to create a trouble in Kurdish area so that he can claim all these places for himself. So his, his ultimate goal is to be Khalifa of the, the Ottoman Empire back again. His ambition is to control all the Muslim areas that Ottoman Empire has controlled, and he could be the leader of that. By doing that, he's using a religion as an example. So all these jihadist groups, they come from all over the world, just brainwash them and thinking that they are going to uh, fight for jihad and so that they can... They're actually killing the civilian people who are there. That's not jihad, what jihad is. Finally, Ozer, what can people in Australia do to help support the Kurdish struggle? There is precious little knowledge of the Kurdish plight in this part of the world, sadly. Is it perhaps a matter of people first educating themselves on the history of the struggle and then later moving on towards practical acts of solidarity? Or what else might people do in the way of charity as well, for instance? Uh, well, that, that's a really, really good um, question uh, to conclude our conversation. I think um, well, what needs to be done is that Australian um, government needs to um, understand what the Kurds are planning to do there. We're not trying to um, separate a country at the moment, all we want is a peaceful solution among all the other ethnicities and religious groups in, 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 in Kurdistan. And then later on, it could be a, um, um, a separate government. But at the moment, we need Australians to recognize and actually acknowledge Kurdistan and Kurdish uh, identity. By doing so, that will allow 
people to solve the problem in the country itself so that Kurdish people will not be a refugee around the world. I am not a refugee of um, um, Kurd, uh, from Kurdistan, but I have so many friends that are refugees. They came from other places who have been refugees from Kurdistan. But as I said, it needs to be acknowledged by Australian authorities what the Kurds are doing at the moment. They are basically defending themselves and then trying to establish a self-autonomous and peaceful um, uh, region in Middle East.